0: of Salty Thoughts with Tamal Dodge. Masters is our guest today. She was originally born in Australia. She's a blender holic and an advocate of healthy living. I'm so happy to have you with us today, Tess.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. So um, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, why blending?
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I I loved making smoothies as a child. Like everybody it was sort of very proud of my fabulous creations I would whip up in the kitchen (laughs) as a 10 year old and you know so I've been you know making smoothies and green smoothies and soups and my own salad dressings and lots of things for many many years but and so I I wasn't I didn't really even think about the fact that I was using a blender a lot so when I was a teenager I was diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus so um I was always very, very energetic, but I always wanted to take a nap about two o'clock. Wow. And um, so my parents took me to a naturopath and he suggested I give up gluten and dairy and put me on apple cider vinegar and, you know, fish and not very much meat. And I felt better almost overnight. So I'm not a celiac and I don't, I'm, I'm not lactose intolerant, but um, it, that was really the, the impetus into the revolution into the way that I ate. You know, my, my first experience um, with the concept of food as medicine. So I became really intoxicated uh, with this concept, and so I became obsessed. Really, it became my obsession. <laughs> you know, I was, I was. Um... On this self-imposed crusade to find the perfect test diet that was going to, um, you know, bring me to optimal health and happiness. So you know, I was a raw foodist. I did veganism. I was a vegetarian. I was macrobiotic for ten years. I did Chinese yin and yang principles, Ayurvedic philosophy. I did body ecology, anti candida. I did alkalinity principles. Um, I was paleo before it was paleo. You know, right. I literally <laughs> tried everything on the planet, and I was one of those annoying people that finds the answer every six months and tries to recruit everybody that they know until finally my dad sat me down and said are you having any fun because we're not having fun watching you eat <laughs> watching you order and food should be fun right so that was such a sort of to be cliche sort of light bulb moment for me and the minute that I embraced the concept of bio-individuality that one blanket diet won't work for every human being on the planet because we're so different we have different blood groups different genealogy different stress levels different activity levels. Um, different emotional states and so forth um my entire world opened up so my, once I sort of really embraced this idea of flexibility rather than rigidity and following sort of a dogmatic approach to eating and that things can can be very fluid and can change and move um it was it was just revelatory for me so when um, you know, I I make my living as an actor and a voiceover artist and you know, I was sort of touring all over the world with shows and everything and you know, food was this incredible passion of mine. So I would always cook for people and make things and I would get all these emails from friends. What was that thing that you made? It was so delicious or whatever. You know, what was that thing you told me, you know, about liquid chlorophyll or whatever. So when I um moved to Springfield, Missouri, I was um you know I wasn't my life was very different so I thought what you know besides doing volunteer work and some of the things I was doing what what could I do that was going to really fulfill me and and um I I had this dream of 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 hosting this show that would celebrate others and and talk to people that were doing amazing things in the health space with food and so my husband at the time said to me why don't you start a blog right um excuse me you can you know, gain a following, build a platform, spread your message, and you know, utilize that and leverage that to do these other things that you want to do. So, you know, at the time, this was, you know, seven years ago or something. And blogs were were big, but not as big as they are now. Yeah, and not certainly huge. not as powerful and prolific as they are now. So I thought, ooh, blog, really? He said, yeah, you know, every major journalist or whatever. So it ended up being a really wonderful, brilliant suggestion. So I'm really um, highly strategic with everything that I do. I really plan things out. I kind of, I'm spontaneous, but I, I, I do like to sort of know where I'm going. And and I'm very, um, a big believer in the what determines the how. So I started to research all of these um, websites and what was out there. And there were amazing websites. I mean, there are some extraordinary, amazing resources out there. So I thought, okay, how can I add my voice to this space and do something that's unique and different? And I was sitting there with my green smoothie, looking at my, my blender, and I thought, oh, this is sort of something that's really integral to my life and, and something I use every day and is a really, really amazing tool. So I sort of started researching that for about a year. And at the time, nobody was doing anything beyond smoothies. And juices, Um, and there were just all these other ways that I was using a blender in my in my lifestyle. So that sort of became kind of interesting to me. So what happened um, in the process as I was researching blending as a method of food preparation, it very quickly became a metaphor for how I live my life. You know, I like to blend different notes and flavors philosophies and cultures work loving relationships passions hobbies whatever to find my perfect blend for health and happiness so that became even more interesting to Mm me and then i started to think back about the bio individuality and and you know that that we don't have to just follow one way of moving through the world that we can blend different different ideas and all this sort of thing so um Then I thought, okay, I've got something that's really going to fire me, that's going to really interest me in a message that I think is worth sharing.
0: Has substance to it now. Exactly.
1: So I decided, the Blender Girl, I'm just going to do that. And, you know, for better or worse, five years into it, at the age of forty two, maybe wasn't the best choice. Mm. But hey, I'm kind of, you know, there with it now. So, um, I thought, okay, um, so I'm gonna share all of these amazing recipes. I'm gonna share this philosophy. I'm gonna ask people what's your perfect blend. That's gonna be my my question, my 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 statement to the world, what I wanna what I wanna engage people with. And it just very quickly struck a chord with people. And so I just started getting hundreds of emails. You know, a few emails a week turned into 10 emails a week, turned into 20, turned into 50, turned into 100, and now it's thousands. And um, people really responded to this this philosophy of food and living that wasn't preachy or dogmatic. It wasn't, here's this one way, and if you don't get it, then you're less than or you're just not up with the program or whatever. Um, and it's just been this really, really amazing amazing journey so and 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 this concept of of blending and and it continues to evolve even within me and 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 i continue to share that so it's it's sort of in a way even becoming more interesting to me so yeah it's it's, um, some it's
0: it's it's passion that's awesome um i like that you're saying that you know you feel like everyone needs their own specific unique blend i always tell people um that when it comes to health and wellness, that yes, there are foundational things that are like a blueprint for people. Like there's a blueprint. Like everyone can benefit from eating a lot of whole foods, plant-based diet and everything like that. But the combinations of those things will be a little different depending on, if you look even at Ayurvedic medicine, your Mm -hmm. dosha and a mixed dosha, Mm -hmm. like Vata Pitta, Vata Vata, Pitta Pitta. Kapha, all these different things. So some people shouldn't eat spicy food. Some people should eat spicy food. It's like... You're finding your own unique blend for your individual.
1: Absolutely. You know, and and I, and I say that in my book and and on my site, you know, and and when I speak at things, it it is about finding that unique blend. And so for me, um, even though, you know, I, I I talked about how I followed all of these diets, I felt great on all of them. I just didn't feel as great as I knew that I could. And every single one of them had something amazing to offer. Um, but none of them was quite one size fits me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what a lot of people face in life. So for me, I cherry pick from Mm -hmm. all of these different philosophies and all of these different things, you know, um, to find, to find my perfect blend. And I encourage others to do the same, you know, so absolutely. There's so much conflicting information out there about health and wellness, spirituality, all this sort of stuff. And I feel like, um, we can take what we like and leave the rest. And you know, take take a bit from Ayurvedic philosophy, and take a bit from um, alkalinity principles, and do yoga, do meditation, um, run, lift weights as well. Whatever whatever works, you know, for you and 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 makes you feel good, you know. But there's one thing that everybody agrees on that. Um, you know, whether you're an omnivore, whether you're paleo, whether you're gluten-free, you know, those labels, they're so frustrating to me, but, you know, we have to call them something so people understand what they are, right, and identify them. But for me, um, one thing that everybody agrees on is that vegetables are a boon to health. So for me, you know, my message isn't necessarily to convert everybody in the world to being plant-based. Like, yes, I believe that that's a sustainable way to move through the world and feed the planet, but... It's not going to be the best diet for everybody. There are some people that need a little bit of meat and need a little bit of these things. And I understand that. For me, I'm a blood type A, so I thrive on a vegan diet. But for me, it's more the message for me is just eat more fruits and vegetables and how do we get those things into our lifestyle in the most fun, easy way possible. And I feel like the blender is our greatest friend in that crusade, you Mm -hmm. know? So it just makes it very, very easy to do that.
0: Yeah. I always find it interesting it's kind of even a provocative talk we're about to, we're entering into <laughs> with this idea of uh, food. and Because um, food is such a sensitive topic for a lot of people because there's a lot of emotional and psychological attachment to it as well. But I find it even interesting, like you're saying there's so much information out there. You always find it interesting when you find people like T. Colin Campbell where he goes mm-hmm. into a place where people are varying blood types but they all benefit yeah. from a plant-based diet. So yeah. there's like all these wild things that people look at. Um, did you always see yourself as, um, being in the health and wellness and industry or becoming somewhat of a health authority? Did that just spawn through the blender girl or was it something that you've always, since you were a child and when you were diagnosed with health ailments, did you always think that you were going to do something with body and the mind? And...
1: No, I, I thought it would be more of a personal journey that yeah. I would share, um, with family, friends and conversation on an individual level, you know, with, with people in my tribe. I didn't know that my tribe was going to expand, you know, Mm. um, to so many people in the world, which is so lovely and feeds me every day, you know, but no, I mean, I was, um, you know, as I said, working with, working as an actor, telling stories, you know, but, um, we're all storytellers, you know, I'm just telling Telling my story in a different way now, backing into it from a different place. So, I think that, um, you know, for me, food is one of the great pleasures of life. You know, I mean, and where we're we're doing everything, we're celebrating things, there's always food there, you know, so it's such a huge part. Um, You know, we get to make a statement and we get, like, for me, um, besides setting an intention, um, being generous and kind and celebrating others, I feel like food is the greatest act of self-love. It's it's It makes a statement. I'm going to nourish my body, treat it as the temple that it is, and make a statement and a commitment to myself that I'm going to show up and be the best version of myself that I can for me and the people that I love. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to me, eating well is, at, you know, besides what you think and how you know the energy that you put out into the world i feel like it, it, to me it's the cornerstone mm-hmm. of of um of 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 the statement that you make in the world to yourself and others so it's just so incredibly important um and and i am thrilled to be to be in the the wellness space cuz it's just filled with so many incredible people um but no, to me, I, I just, I, I, always wanted to be an actor and I still am, you know, yeah. um, I just have this other incredible thing in my life that really actually feeds my work, you know, because it's so funny when, when you're <laughs> being an actor can be a very disempowering thing. If you set your intention that, that your entire life is at the mercy of others, you know, um, and it's so great. I, I book more work than I ever have because I have other stuff going on, you know, and I'm not so sort of desperate and I'm not holding holding my story, you know, with, with my fist tightly clenched and strangling the life and the potential and the right. flow out of it. Yeah. You know, whereas now, because I have this sort of philosophy of allowing things to be what they are, you know, in synergy with all these other things that intersect with my own story, it really informs my work in a really great way. So it's actually made me a better storyteller, um, you know, as an actor and a presenter and I have this other perspective and, you know, meeting people that I never would have met before, you know, um, healthcare practitioners and, um, you know yoga instructors and doctors and and writers and and journalists and um uh, people that never would have intersected my life yeah you know before this so it's 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 just interesting and this is the other thing it's like it just makes me think to myself gosh what will i be doing 10 years from now who knows (laughs) You know, it's like there's just endless possibilities. So it's really made me realize. One one great thing about um, creating the Blender Girl brand is it really unlocked this part of my personality that I didn't know existed. You know, I didn't know that I was an empresario. I didn't know that I was a business strategist. I didn't know um, that I had the potential to be as strategic as I have been. So to speak at events about this now and teach other people to do what I have done is, is really lovely, you know, because I really have that philosophy when you have... Give when you learn, teach, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I just, I just wonder where, where this story will take me next.
0: Yeah, I think it's just um, interesting how, you know, life is just constantly a roller coaster of changes and fluctuations. And it's interesting that you're saying that. Yes, you have the Blender Girl, which is like this big brand. It's this um, kind of force that's out there. And then at the same time, you haven't left your other passions of being an artist, an actress, um, a voiceover artist. And it's, it's part of your blend. You know, you're blending these things together. I mean, I used to be in the music industry and even though I teach yoga and I do teacher trainings and workshops, I still incorporate music into that mm-hmm. because I don't want to leave it behind because it's a part of something that I've discovered through my journey in life. It's part of my blend. Yeah. Um, I mean, I th- and
1: the other thing is, you know, our ultimate brand in life is as a human being. So the Testmasters brand is the most important brand in my life. <laughs> and all of those other brands... A part of that larger story. So, um, you know, for me, I feel like every experience gives me the tools for the next experience. And I'm just putting more tools in my toolbox right now. It's yeah. going, you know, how is that going to feed me as a human being? How is it going to make me grow um, and be open and 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 more generous and loving and compassionate and accepting, you know? So it's just some of these experiences that I have are... Um, they really feed me. You know, I have a lot of, a lot of people that say, oh, you know, the, the Blender Girl brand has, has touched so many lives and has helped so many people to, to eat in a more healthy way and children and all that sort of thing. That story actually feeds me more than I can imagine it feeding others, you know, because I yeah. just get so much from the, the interaction with people who, who, are, um, who are eating healthy, you know, yeah. because of the story. So it, it's, it's great as a person, you know, as, as well.
0: I was thinking back to what you were saying earlier as well, that um, food is such a cornerstone, it is such a catalyst for everything in life. Uh, It's something we do so much, but we don't put a lot of thought into it, which is really wild and ironic that we do something, minimum three times a day for most people, some people more, some people less.
1: eight times a day for me i love food i eat all day every day so do i if
0: you don't if you don't think about snacks i mean it's happening all day long but most people we don't put any thought into it and it's just something that we're constantly doing
1: it's a secondary activity for the most part yeah you know we don't actually celebrate nourishing our bodies Hmm. we don't set an intention you know um so you know it's funny i was i was um at the Dalai Lama's breakfast the other day, you know, you were talking about intention and compassion or whatever. And it was, it was so, it was so interesting to me that we just, yeah, we don't think about it. We just do it.
0: We just do it. And we just pick weird things to do it. And we do the activity of eating food in strange environments. Like I think about history in the past of how people would sit together and it was a time of sharing. Like you're saying it was a community. It was a, it was a, special thing to do it was a celebration of food now people run into a store they wolf something down while they're driving in a car they come home they grab their food they sit in front of a tv disconnected from the food and disconnect from the people in the house Mm -hmm. there's this
1: and they 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 don't chew it properly (laughs) they don't really taste it they don't let it move across their palate they just gobble it you know it's really about fuel yeah it's about fuel it's about energy that's it right um because the tummy's grumbling, you're, you're hungry, yep. you can't think straight, whatever. But, yeah, it is about, um, you know, I think coming back to that idea of um, food as communion, communion with yourself and communion with others. Um, so, you know, in my family, um, we were not allowed to have the television on when we ate. <laughs> Eating was a time of um, asking what was your high and low for the day? What was the best thing that happened to you for today? What... Um, you know, and that was our time to sit together as a family and and debrief you know about yeah. our day and talk about stuff and talk about what we wanted to do or whatever. So I sort of grew up in that sort of mind frame. Don't get me wrong, there were times where we sat without you know meal and <laughs> watched a movie just like everybody else, you know, but I do think that there's something to that, you know and I mean even me you know, as I'm sitting talking to you, I'm thinking to myself, I even do that. I sit mm. in my car and I'm you know sloshing back my green smoothie and i don't think about it either you know i mean yeah. we all do it absolutely but um but i do think you know to me again it just all goes back to intention yeah you know always
0: absolutely and you know i, I like your um <laughs> i like your honesty because you know the thing about um a lot of information out there feels very um judgmental And it's very hard to reach people if it's judgmental. So, like, big dietary changes and things that people need to embrace, it usually doesn't stem from when people are um, beating you down with vegetables or whatever it is because people are very emotionally and psychologically attached to food as well. And I just like your candidness about, oh, yeah, sometimes I still sit in my car and I drink my smoothie. I do this. You're like... You know. I am in
1: process, <laughs> I am a work in process, exactly. I mean absolutely, so I mean, you know for me, it is about gently, gently, gently showing people you know with one recipe
0: mm.
1: here's a green smoothie that can taste delicious, so maybe it will make somebody try another green smoothie, yeah. or um you know, here's an amazing salad that you know tastes really meaty that yeah. you know and, and fulfilling and delicious um so for me, really. My way of 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 bringing people into the fold, so to speak, and showing them that they can eat some really delicious food is one recipe at a time, yep. one thought at a time. You know, um, and judgment is such an interesting thing, isn't it? I feel like, I mean, judgment comes from fear, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, it um, to me, there's only two ways of moving through the world. It's either ju- it's either fear or love. And so, again, I go back to that thing of self love. And which, you know, it's so funny, you know, since narcissism has become such a huge thing and, you know, Western, you know, capitalist culture, um, self-love is often perceived as a negative thing, mm-hmm. you know, as a selfish thing. But I actually love the word selfish in its pure form, the actual definition, you know, um, that you're going to think about your intentions for yourself, which then translates into your intentions for others. Mm-hmm. So, um you know to me my conduit for that entire story is through food yeah so you know other people are doing it in in other amazing ways you know with you know a mind sort of body spirit thing through exercise through yoga through um, you know spirituality there's lots of different ways we can back into this same story but it's mm. all about it's all about self love and 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 positive generous intentions and things like that
0: yeah absolutely i always tell people too it's really hard to help other people unless you helped yourself make some very um strong changes otherwise people go why aren't you doing this be the change. Me to, you got to be the change
1: you have to be the change and i mean i'm really honest you know and people yeah. say well do you do that every day oh, of course i don't you know i'm <laughs> human i'm not i'm not perfect it's yeah. a work in process and i get very very busy and stressed and just like everybody else yeah so um it's it's often really um really great to talk about it you yeah. know so you go oh yeah, I just need to slow down today. Now I'll probably, I'll, I'll drive off from this conversation today, setting a different intention, you know, yep. perhaps cause I, I've just been very busy. I have a lot, a lot of other things going on today and just go, mm, I'm actually going to take half an hour. I'm going to sit down and eat my salad and just enjoy it. Yeah. And it's, the world's not going to implode.
0: Absolutely. Um, why is blending so important?
1: <laughs> Gosh, I mean, for so many reasons, in my opinion, I mean, Unless you have the schedule of a panda, no one can chew as many vegetables <laughs> all day every day, you know? So I feel like um, just on a very practical, obvious level, I, I feel like it's a very easy way to get your daily dose of fruits and vegetables. So, you know, making a smoothie, making a soup, making a beautiful salad and a salad dressing, uh, making a, you know, a beautiful chimichurri sauce that goes over, you know, a leftover bowl of steamed vegetables or something like that. So, from a a literal perspective, I feel like um, it's really important. I don't really subscribe to this notion that pre digested food is actually better for us. Everybody wants to ask me that all the time. Um, You know, that's not a really a benefit to me because the first phase of digestion begins in the mouth so mm. it's you know very much of that thing of chew your liquids and drink your solids you know so for me i'm, I'm very much about still drinking things very slowly swishing them mm. in my mouth so but i do think that um you know a smoothie a quick soup a salad it's the ultimate healthy fast food we're all so incredibly busy um there's so many other things going on so i feel like um You know, having a blender. And this is the other thing, you know, you don't need to buy an expensive $400 high-speed blender to buy into this lifestyle. You know, I test all of my recipes. I own every blender on the planet. It's my job to know it's out there. I consult with companies. I help develop machines, all that kind of stuff. Um, I want there to be lots of choices for consumers. And there are some people who are putting their kids through college and $400, they're putting that towards their kids' education, not a blender, you know. So all of my recipes have been tested on a $60 machine. So... Um, You know, you can buy a NutriBullet for $90 or whatever, you know. So there's lots of different ways that you can blend. You don't need to have um, an expensive machine. So, um, you know, and again, just going back to what we were talking about earlier, I think blending and being gentle with yourself and, and forging your own story and figuring out what works for you. I feel like I'm a walking petri dish i'm just constantly experimenting on myself all the time you know as i get older as my needs change as i'm traveling or um whatever what i need to feel at my best changes slightly you know so i'm a um i, eat a, I do eat a high raw diet i'm not 100 percent raw um but that percentage changes you know depending on what my needs are depending on 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 my lifestyle you know so in the summer months i eat a lot of raw food in the winter months i feel like i need the strengthening effect of more cooked food Mm -hmm. um so just that 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 idea of of blending and just allowing things to to change and evolve and you know but having said that you know Um, certain things remain staples in my life all the time. You know, I have green smoothies. I have um, alkaline vegetable-based soups. I have a lot of salads. I, uh, you know, I have a lot of steamed vegetables and roasted vegetables and and things like that, so.
0: Nice. Um, I always think that it has to do with uh, just becoming in tune with your body, like what you just said about, you know, it will fluctuate depending even on the seasons. You know, it's something that I think people will... Start to feel in their body when they make a transition to eating healthier is becoming more intuitive what's actually going on in the body, how it feels, and how it reacts with food. Um, because we go through life so much on like, it's like a bullet train of stress and work and intensity of life in general. But once you start to change your habits of eating, blending your food, um, you start to feel these sensitivities. Okay, I need this now. I need to do this now. I need to do that. And you're really fluctuating with the season you're fluctuating with what's going on in your body at the time, you know, depending on what kind of exercise you're doing, what kind of stress load you're feeling becomes this very, um, intuitive nature. of
1: Absolutely. And, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier, food is a highly emotional experience. You know, we hold all of our emotions in our gut. So our gut health and, um, our physical intestinal health is hu- hugely impacts our emotions. And it's kind of this vicious cycle because the way that we feel affects the way that we eat. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I'd certainly noticed when I changed the way that, I mean, I, I, all, I grew up on a pretty conventional meat and three veg diet. My mom cooked whole foods, you know, she, we did, we ate very, very rarely did we eat processed food or fast food. So I grew up on a very healthy diet, um, certainly not as healthy as it is now because i know more now you know and 10 years from now i'll know even more than i do now and there'll be new things out there and new things we discover about health um but yeah it it, it just is this gentle evolving thing that that shifts and changes and and i think you know the 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 big thing you know going back to not being preachy not being judgmental is just being gentle on yourself always with everything in life and you know people just go oh Oh, I've I've just been diagnosed with diabetes, or I have cancer, or or I, I have to lose all this weight, or I just I've I've got I'm having I've had a heart attack, or I'm going to have a heart attack, or my doctors told me this. You know, just kind of sitting back and just taking a breath and going small changes to big shifts, and that it doesn't have to all be done overnight. In fact, that's even just too much of a shock for the body. We need to make you know gentle transitions, gentle, gentle, gentle. And I think that that. That you know, going cold turkey, you know, unless it's absolute life and death, you've got fourteen days to live or something. You know, <laughs> I think that these gentle changes and, yeah. and and the other thing too about being intuitive is if you make all the changes at once, you actually can't actually ascertain what has had an effect and what hasn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big believer in in actually methodically keeping a, a food diary and an exercise mm-hmm. diary, yeah. and I think a pattern develops very clearly after just a week or two going oh all right so every single time I eat gluten this is how I feel I feel foggy in the brain or I have some sharp stabbing pains or my stomach gets bloated or I feel very tired and I have to take a nap or I feel grumpy and irritable or whatever or every time I eat this you know or gosh when I eat pineapple this happens maybe I'm allergic to it or maybe I haven't you know there's just a lot of different things that can be going on um or maybe that's just it's too much sugar for me that day or whatever so I think that um you know, actually chronicling
0: yeah, you have the these journey is food epiphanies. important.
1: Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's just like, Whoa. You know, I talk to people and say, well, how do you feel when you eat that? Well, I've never really noticed because I'm doing all these other things. So I think that one change at a time is, is what works for me anyway. Yeah. You know, no, I'm,
0: I, I'm a huge believer in baby steps. It's funny. I, I give these lectures on the yoga diet and nutrition and health and, um, it's part of the things that I do for workshops and when people do go and they make the huge shift, like you're saying, and they transition straight into a plant-based diet from eating like Burger King, you're going to experience some major detox. Oh, oh, it's ugly. It's Oh, it's, you're going to be
1: paying homage to the toilet bowl all day, every day for five <laughs> days. I mean, it's just, yeah,
0: it's yes. too much. It's a lot. And, you know, a lot of people mistaken when they actually make a shift from eating an unhealthy diet to a healthy diet that, oh my God, the healthy diet isn't good for me because of the detoxifying yeah. reaction. There's like these two month period where you feel just lousy. Absolutely. You just it's feel everything like, coming out. Yeah. I
1: get those emails every single day. Why
0: did, why do I feel so why? crappy I eating them? I feel the terrible. Board?
1: I feel worse than I did when I was eating blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's so common. And, and likewise, it, it's, it's <laughs> sort of common in the other direction too. When you start to feel amazing, Oh, well, okay, I can do this and this and this and this. And you slowly sort of creep back, you know, um, into the cesspool, so to speak. But I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, the other thing too is, I mean, everything in moderation It's such a cliche, but it's so true. I mean, I don't think that for me, an extreme approach to anything, um, never feels joyful for me Mm -hmm. you know it never feels accepting it doesn't there's no room there's no room there's no air in the story for me so um for me i might say you know this is what i'm doing today and this is what i'm but always being open and allowing a new piece of the story to 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 have room so i think that um again i'm just going to go back to that that fluidity and 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 um and, and that changing allowing things to change and evolve yep. you know because we're always growing we're growing every day i'm a different person today than i was yesterday i'm going to be a different person next week not you know completely different but you know Absolutely. i'm gonna have had some more experiences that layer that layer my story
0: i was having a conversation with um some yoga students last night just talking about how life is just can continual change i mean not just from the experiences we have and our thoughts and ideas but on a cellular level we are mm-hmm. changing Absolutely. all day long every single day every seven every years breath. every seven years we have a completely different body 100 mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. different i it's mean incredible. that's how much we change
1: it's incredible and you know that's why i mean that's why i love yoga so much is being connected to your breath it feels just like an open conduit to all your emotions allowing things to come in and flow out and that's what i love about it but it's it's yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it is extraordinary and you know, people, a lot of people and even, even me sometimes in my life, we're afraid of change because we're afraid of the unknown. We're afraid of what we don't know. We're afraid of the next frontier. We're afraid of, you know, it's, it's so easy to walk around in comfy slippers, yeah, you know, and stick to what you know. And, um, so for me, I, I, I set an intention that I'm going to be excited and invigorated and inspired by change yeah. and the possibility that there's a different way. Yeah. And, um, and even even just grabbing a tiny bit of that different way and incorporating it, incorporating it into, into my story is exciting to me. You know, I love to try new things. I love to go, gosh. And I mean, even for me, I love spirited debate. I love to talk with people who have an absolute or seemingly... Opposing viewpoint to me mm-hmm. because you can always learn mm-hmm. You know you always learn something from that. So to me, I find that exciting.
0: I do see there's a lot of educated people out there and a lot of really um, fascinating people with their passions and their ideas yeah. and um, uh, <laughs> That seems like the story of my life every time I'm in a, a workshop or a teacher training where I'm giving a discussion There's always debates and there's always exciting stimulating conversations that spur up um, I was just thinking about when you're saying, you know, we go through these detoxifying experiences when you make changes. But even in the baby steps, do you find that people will start to have their ideas and their own taste buds change just because they're doing the, the subtle change That all of a sudden, even though maybe they felt slightly headachey, lousy because they made such a big change with just the baby steps. Oh it's yeah, a big changes with the baby steps. Absolutely, but they're starting to change their habits and. They start to evolve, not just on a physical level, but people's ideas change um, because of what's going on from the food.
1: Yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. I mean, um, and, and what's lovely is it creeps up on you without even realizing it. And that's so lovely. I mean, I, I have this, um, when I speak to uh, this friend of mine, he, and I, you know, if I need to debrief about something, he'll, he's got this great saying where he says, well, maybe if we can just reframe that. So I feel like it's the same thing with food. We're constantly reframing, 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 you know, and backing in from a different perspective. And so it just happens very slowly. And what happens is you've experimented with taking your cards off that table or moving in a different direction without even realizing it. And so that happens all the time where people will write to me and say, gosh, I cannot believe how quickly my taste buds changed when I you know went off refined sugar and I even went off any kind of sweetness whatsoever um, after a week those things just tasted sickly to me you know I just mm. didn't even want them anymore I it's really really incredible how quickly it happens you know and that we really can reset our body I mean you know some people say five days most people say ten you know it's actually that quickly we yeah. can do it and you know realistically for a lot of people it's probably several months you know mm. but um but you do start to see you know pretty amazing um, result. If, if you just listen, you know, it's so interesting. Um, it's just, it's a, it's about listening in life, isn't it, always, you know? And I think we, you know, because we're talking about food in particular today, just listening to your body. And it's so funny, you know, because you could trick yourself. Well, my body's telling me I need donuts, you know? But <laughs> I mean, just listening to what your body is telling you. And I'm a huge proponent of kinesiology, you know, that right. our bodies know what we need and what yeah. we want, you know, and I'm a muscle tester, you know, I muscle test yeah. all the time, but I, I, I'm still, as as long as I've been doing it, I, I still worry about self testing, yeah. you know, so I'll get Scott to test me at home, you know, <laughs> cause I don't want my brain to go, no, you really need that avocado. You want that avocado, <laughs> you know? So anyway, it's funny, but, um,
0: I think that's so funny when you're saying that, um, People will think, I really want donuts. One of, my, one of my really good friends argued with me extensively, she, and she, she'll laugh about this. Um, she's like, no, when I wake up in the morning, she's like, I love to have a black coffee with five sugars in it. I like to have a bunch of power bars. And she kept going down this list of all these different highly sugary things. I'm like, I do believe your body does tell you what it wants. But I also do believe in something called candida that has taken (laughs) over your body and makes you think you want this. They're telling what they want, not what you actually want.
1: Listen, and it's good that you bring up candida because candida and parasites and viruses and yeast and fungus, they all love to live together. And they take over your body. They do. They really do. And it's interesting you bring up candida, you know, because I suffered from chronic candida and that's why i went on body ecology stage one totally changed my life it was the only thing that worked and you know eating a lot of probiotic rich foods and fermented foods and cultured foods was huge for me and i still do that with every meal today and it's been life-changing for me but i think candida is the most under-diagnosed thing in the world
0: and for those of you who are unfamiliar with candida it's basically these bacteria yeasts that form and live off of sugars and an acid. And acid. Sugar, and
1: it takes over your life and yep. you can die from it. And nobody talks about it because what happens is it manifests itself and presents other kinds of disease symptoms. So people die from that disease. Yep. But it actually starts with candida. So we all have good bacteria and bad bacteria in our body and they're constantly warring for dominance.
0: And that's probably one of the reasons I feel like you were saying, you know, a common theme that everybody agrees on is that vegetables are good for you. You know, raw vegetables and raw fruits and vegetables are highly alkaline and they change mm-hmm. your pH. And, you know, if you have a very acidic body, it leaves a breeding ground for, you know, candida, parasites, and all the lovely things that Tess was just sharing. <laughs> they just take over. It's a happy party going on in your, in yeah. your body. You're the host. Well, I mean, um, it's very
1: simple. To me, I do, if I want to pare it down to one sentence, sugar creates acid. Acid creates inflammation. Inflammation feeds disease. Yep. It's that simple. And so, um, you know, highly sugar, high pro- processed foods, environmental pollutants, prescription and non-prescription drugs, stress, yep. negative emotions, they all create acids in the body. So it's not just about food. It, again, it goes back to intention. But food is a huge, 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 huge part huge. of it. And it, and lack of exercise and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a real... It's a real problem, you know, we all just have so much inflammation in the body. And so, um, you know, for me, it's just, you know, so many people and so many diseases, it's about high levels of inflammation, well, all diseases really, but candida is such a huge part of that. So I'm so happy that you brought it up because, um... You know, I would get hun- literally hundreds of emails a week, and I just put everybody—I send everybody to the body ecology book yeah. because it's—it's it's not any one specific diet per se. You can be on it as a meat eater, you can be on it as a vegan, you can be on it as paleo. You can—you know—can you do all you know those things, but those cultured foods and the lack of sugar and it's just incredible. And the amount of people that have written back saying that changed my life, being on that changed my life. You know, and I think that food absolutely. Um, has such a dramatic effect on health and so i love that 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 the world consciousness is really embracing that now you know in a way that it didn't 20 years ago unless you were on an ashram or you know in a kibbutz or you're a vegan or whatever no one was talking about it you know i mean it's it's sad to me that um mainstream general practitioners have such a tiny amount of nutrition training they know little about it and don't value it as a general
0: rule absolutely my grandfather's an md and i have a bunch of family members of mds and you know, it's really shocking that they only get one class. It's yes. two hours and it's optional. Two hours. And it's optional yes. in all of medical school. It's
1: unbelievable. <laughs> I was just talking to a friend in the car on the way here saying her sister has cancer. And, I, and she said, well, I'm just going to ask what the doctor says. And I said, oh, gosh, about the food. And I just thought, oh, gosh, I hope it's someone who embraces that philosophy because two hours of training and it's optional I'm saying the exact same thing just an hour ago yeah. and it's extraordinary to me it is
0: extraordinary and it's really interesting because they're there to take care of your health I know they're there to look after you and only had two oh, hours and it's optional and all of medical nutrition
1: yeah i mean that's why i love you know these functional doctors who are bridging the gap between conventional medicine and so-called alternative medicine and that we're we're bringing it under this umbrella of functional medicine so Absolutely. you know i love that that trend is we're seeing that across the country and around the world right now that's exciting to me
0: i find it exciting that also you know in a lot of other cultures doctors are paid more if they have to see their patients less because you're doing a good job and then in other cultures a lot of western cultures you're paid more if you see your patient more yeah well i mean that that's that's a whole other conversation isn't
1: it about the corruption of the medical industry here and pharmaceutical lobbyists and things like that i mean it's you know they're 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 kind of paid to push pills
0: yeah and that you know it comes down to uh i always tell people to get empowered you know the same thing you're saying of how do I take care of my body? It's that idea that you were saying, oh, you know, you have to have some self love here. And self love also comes down to taking initiative to become educated, uh, reading your book and other books that are out there and becoming educated on the topics of health and nutrition to take back your health because there is such misleading information in there that is not. In necessarily your best interest so what is your best interest and it's a journey i mean i'm on that journey you're on that journey of discovering new information new things that are going to help balance your your body out um it's not just this intense physical journey but i also tell people to go on a spiritual journey read and meditate reflect exercise you know your body has this you know we all say it in los angeles body-minded spirit but it actually is true you really need to have a body, mind, and spirit connection, and you need to get educated on all three topics, mm-hmm. and then you can take back your health, and you can also your health of physical health and spiritual wealth. And on top of that, you'll be able to inspire other people to do the same because you'll be so passionate about it.
1: Yeah, well, it's all about energy, isn't it? You know, I mean, it, that whole connection and 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 connectivity is just so vital. You know, just that you know the the um the water crystals. You know, when they do those things of. Speaking, you know, speaking to the water and loving, loving the things and 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 cooking with intention. That you're going to know nour- it actually really makes a difference on a cellular level, you know, to to the way that that food nourishes your body and that water. And I just find that whole water crystal thing just fascinating. It's amazing, you know. Just neglecting the glass of water in the room, it it just it, it just breeds hideous things and then the, you know talking to it and and loving it and nurturing it it just has this incredible energy i mean i do i do think that there's an incredible energetic transfer and potential for yes. energetic transfer. is that book
0: called hidden messages of water yes yes anybody's out there i highly Amazing. recommend it because um the author recently passed away i believe but he has incredible incredible documentation of books where you photograph these little microscopic water crystals and depending on what you say to water or what you don't say to water will either form these beautiful, I mean just beautiful, crystals. They look like snowflakes in the most elaborate design and if he says, like, I love you, I love you, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, they form the most beautiful things. Or he says spiritual things, like he says names of God to it, mm-hmm. it forms these things. But then if he says, like, horrible, trash, negative things to water, it completely obliterates yes. the crystals.
1: You can even do it at home. Yeah. I, I've done it at home where I, I've put um, even just rice. You can just put a cup of rice in four different glasses of water write a word, different kinds of words, and put it on the glass. And then I put my control thing where I just put it in my kitchen and I went in and I, I spoke to it. I was very positive. It was in light. It was, you know, it was very nurtured. That just stays clean for a week. Yeah. And then you put another one in a dark room with a negative word on it. You ignore it. You don't nurture it. You don't attend to it. It dies. Yeah. It gets fungus. It goes black. The water goes black. It's unbelievable. That was so revelatory to me because this was years and years and years ago, and I thought, oh, come on, yeah, that's just hippy dippy. Come on, you yeah. know, <gasps> you know, you know what I mean, though. This is when I was, you know, twenty years ago or something. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I am such a believer in, in intention for food, intention for, and matter, yeah. intention yeah. for matter. I mean, it's just extraordinary. I,
0: absolutely, and you wonder why people get so dark in the world and depressed. It, what kind of relationships are they in? What kind of environments are they in? You know what is surrounding them. Um, what are they doing to themselves? You know, lack of self-love that you were talking about before. All these different things, and um, it's really interesting because people will say, "Oh, what I what I do to somebody physically matters, but what I say doesn't matter." But um, then when you actually start to look at the subtleties of what you even say and think and before it think, even
1: even forms breath, your
0: intentions.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I just it it it's just yeah thoughts become things Abs- I, know. I mean again another cliche but it's so true I mean
0: I like how Tess and I just went on a rant about hidden messages of <laughs> um, we will uh, keep going on into another topic real quick um, how easy is it to make your recipes the majority of them
1: oh so easy I test um, all my recipes on 12 year old children so I have two 12 year old recipe testers if a 12 year old can't make the recipe doesn't make it in the book
0: that's amazing. There's a
1: few, there's a handful of recipes. I will say there's four or five main dishes which require quite a bit of chopping. And so their mother or father had to assist them a little bit, but they're very, 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 very easy. So here's the thing though. Easy does not mean doesn't take any time. Yeah. You know, so for me, when people say, I don't have time, I don't know how to cook, you know, can you read? Cooking is reading, <laughs> you know, really. Yeah. So if you can read, you can follow a recipe, it's, my recipes have been edited by literally 12 people, you know, at Random House. A lot of eyes have gone over it. I've had I had 55 recipe testers all wow. over the world. And that's actually the biggest thing that comes out of me for recipe testing. Yes, they talk about the flavors. Yes, they talk what, about what did and didn't work for them. I've been doing it for a while now, so I can kind of almost predict which recipes are going to be killer and you know, get the most attention and and be really popular and great for people and which aren't. So for me, the biggest thing is, are the instructions clear? Do you understand? Is what's in my mind translating onto the page so that your dish turns out exactly like my dish With, 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 you know, with close approximation. So that's a really big thing in my recipes where people will say, well, why do all your recipes have grated and minced ingredients? Can't I just throw the whole thing in the blender? Of course you can, particularly if you have a high speed blender. But the reason why... I prescribe measurements um, you know, in a pinch, um, a quarter of a teaspoon, a teaspoon, a tablespoon of minced ginger. For example, that's a good example, is if I say a knob of ginger or an inch of piece <laughs> of ginger with pungent ingredients like yep. that, that could mean this to you and this to you or whoever, right? So for me, that's why I prescribe them that way. So your recipe is going to turn out almost exactly like my recipe. So I've done a test where I've had five people in a row and we've just followed the recipe and the re- the the rest, the, the, the three thing, you know, the three or five things turn out ex- almost exactly the same. That's awesome. And that's very, very important to me. So I've only had one person the whole time. And maybe there's some people out there who just haven't contacted me say, Oh, well, this such and such didn't work. What did I do wrong? Well, I subbed this and I didn't have this. So I changed this and I added right. this. Well, you didn't make the <laughs> recipe. So that's, that's the first issue. But But really, um, that's very, very important to me, you know, and it was very important to me because I am a huge cookbook reader. I've, you know, followed – I still read other people's cookbooks. I love making food. I love learning from others, making other people's dishes. And I became very frustrated as a home cook with recipes that had not been extensively tested. They didn't work. And very, very well-known people too. And and people that are well-known for their recipes not working too. And it really frustrated me. And I also – got frustrated by books that I felt were deliberately designed to intimidate the home cook. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted my books to be the exact opposite of that. I wanted everybody to open the book and go, Oh, I can be her. I can do that. I want everybody to open my books and feel that they can do it. And so that to me is, they're the best reviews that I read. They're the best emails that I get where I go, Oh, I just, I just so believe I can do this. Like the recipes are so amazing and they're so easy. And, and now I'm, I'm going off and creating my own things using the tips and tricks I've learned in the recipes and in the book as an example. So, you know, with this new book, with the smoothies book, no one needs a recipe for a smoothie. We can all throw in fruits and make something amazing. You know, and that's what I love about them because it levels the playing field in the kitchen and inspires novice cooks and children to be creative and to feel like they can make a dish that's right. going to taste delicious and feed their family with. But I wanted to show people that they can be meals you know and you can add leafy greens herbs spices superfoods cold pressed oils Chinese herbs all these different things to really supercharge them and biohack them and take them to the next level so that's really what I wanted to do with this book having said that all of the recipes, I wanted to make sure that everything could be purchased in a mainstream grocery store. So all of the so-called alternative, optional, more expensive ingredients are all in the three boosters. So it's, you know, people can choose whether or not they want to extend their experience or not. So that's really important to me. So one of the big phrases you'll see is plus more to taste, optional, tweak to taste, you know. So to me, because my my recipes are geared towards simplicity, I want everybody and they're highly individualized recipes. I want everybody to find their perfect blend with my recipes as right. well, you know, Pick and, and really create them, create their own version of the recipe. So that's, what's exciting to me is, you know, add a, add a pinch of that spice, add a dash of this, add some lemon zest, add, um, a piece of lean protein, you know, really make the recipes your own. So I really wanted them to be, you know, really a blank canvas for inspiration. Like, yes, they're my recipes. I think they're amazing and delicious. And, um, but but I also want people... I want, I want it to be a tool for people to go off and go, oh, remember how she used, you know, strawberries and red bell pepper together in that recipe. Amazing how delicious it was. Well, maybe I could do that and add some cayenne pepper or some arugula or whatever, you know. So yeah. I feel like uh, for me, it's, again, they're, they're just examples of what's possible. And Absolutely. just to have, to have people taste them and go, oh, okay, I'm going to try that next time I make such and such.
0: How much of your recipes are raw versus non-raw a lot of them are
1: raw you know because I'm highly raw so obviously with the smoothies most of them are completely 100% raw
0: and I think that maybe we could dive into it just for a moment just because I find it fascinating because I like to geek out on nutrition things Um, to me that's like a wild night sit down and read about (laughs) nutrition Um, the idea of raw food and enzymes And what enzymes do for the body. I mean, I don't think people talk about it enough and the importance of raw food. And I think every health fed out there would agree that raw fruits and vegetables are not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And raw fruits and vegetables, when food is uncooked, see, your body has enzymes in it, but we can deplete our enzymes. Enzymes, people ask me, what are they? And I always tell them, probably here's a very 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 fundamental understanding that if you have a house you have, you want to build a house you have lumber you have cement you have nails you have tools but you don't have any construction workers to build the house enzymes are like the construction workers mm-hmm. for the body mm-hmm. and if you deplete your enzymes through eating continual cooked food because your body is not getting enzymes from outside sources and you're depleting it through eating cooked food you're not eating any raw food you're losing your construction workers mm-hmm. Would you say anything extra on top of that?
1: I, I would agree with that 100%. I mean, enzymes are utterly vital for life. And live enzymes that we derive from raw foods are absolutely critical to healthy digestion. So we cannot digest food without enzymes. Mm. And so, um, you know, it, it helps our immunity. It helps our clarity. It helps our energy levels. Um it, it makes us look better. Our skin is more vibrant. You know, our um, our blood is more pure. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the virtues <laughs> of raw foods. I mean, I'm just a huge proponent of raw foods. But yeah, the enzymes, I agree with you. It's it, it, Look, it's it's certainly shifted in the last... I've sort of seen a shift in the last five to six years. So it's really great that, you know, the sprouted fermented movement has, has really gained traction. And I think that's a wonderful thing. So, you know, soaking and sprouting foods. And, and because for me... You know, again, let's go back to the energy potential of food. So putting live growing food, this is why I love sprouted foods because they are actually not live foods. They're one step further. they're living foods. They are actually still growing and living and changing and multiplying. So we're putting that life force, that powerful life force into our bodies and getting that injection of of kinetic energy, basically. So to me, oh, the, the, the energy that I get from raw foods and all of those enzymes um, and, and the potential is extraordinary. So yeah. it's, um, you know, cooked food is dead food for right. the most part. Now, cooked food does have merit. You know, yep. there are certain fruits and vegetables that actually are more bioavailable when we cook them. So mm-hmm. we all know about that. You know, certainly with the huge green smoothie revolution, you know, there's been a lot of attention on oxalates and oxalate mm-hmm. toxicity and things like that. That's a whole other subject, but I don't subscribe <laughs> to that necessarily because studies are showing now, and the jury is still out on this, but currently my belief is that the, the oxalate toxicity, we create oxalates naturally, but, but cooking and denaturing the leafy greens has such a minimal effect on the oxalate potential that it's hardly worth the funky flavor and <laughs> losing the live enzymes and the energetic potential to me. Yeah. So I'm still a big person, you know, a big believer. Unless you've got, there's some rare rare illnesses, you know, which which make it very problematic to have those right. things. But for the most part, um, you know, I think that the the more raw foods we can get into our lifestyle, the possible, the, the better. But the, the the great thing about raw food is so many things that we eat In mainstream life are raw we just don't think about them you know a banana um, some you know lettuce or spinach or arugula in a salad you know an apple um, a handful of um, nuts and seeds you know all of those things are raw we don't need to be a raw foodist or or anything like that to to be eating highly raw I like what you said. I always have something raw at every meal. I have something sprouted at every meal and I have something cultured at every meal Mm. because I want all of those digestive and live enzymes to be getting into my body and helping those cooked foods I might be eating on the plate, which would always be a small percentage of my plate, helping them and, and unlocking their potential. So I feel like, you know, having a look at all of the things that are on your plate and making sure that they're working in synergy with each other and and helping your body to digest as much goodness as possible from those foods. Because this is the other thing, depending on our level of health, we may be eating, but we may not be absorbing. What we're eating. Yep. We're eating it and it's fueling us and it's making us not feel hungry and it's getting rid of the the, the hunger pangs, but we're actually not assimilating mm-hmm. the nutrients. So that's another thing going back to candida and parasite. Those things, they are so powerful and so strong and so um, tenacious that yep. they will they will grab all the goodness from the food before we even have a chance to get to it.
0: On top of having poor gastrointestinal health and yeah. a clod colon it's just you can go down the line of all that stuff well I
1: mean colon health is a huge subject <laughs> for me like I'm obsessed with it I think it is again with candida enzymes one of the things that nobody wants to talk about nobody wants to talk about poo Yeah. you know no one wants to talk about what's going on in their colon no one wants to talk about that stuff right but it has to be spoken about because the root of our health is in our intestines yep the root of our health is in our intestines. So bad intestinal health leads to bad emotions, negative emotions, an inability to function, leads to poor digestion, leads to inflammation, leads to leads to disease, period.
0: One of, one of my favorite documentaries... I'm a big colonic. I mean, I have colonics. I'm huge.
1: I do enemas and colonics. I'm huge about it. So, you know.
0: Absolutely. One of my favorite uh, documentaries that I watched um, was Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Just oh. because of the transformation you see in the guys... It's really wild because they're just juicing and they're juicing. Well, I'm not saying just juicing, but juicing is great. But to watch them juice and go from, they did the dramatic change, obviously. But to watch the physical change, not just in their bodies, but their faces and mm-hmm. their energy mm-hmm. and their intentions and everything. It's just wild to see mm-hmm. that transformation. And something you said that earlier was why you like sprouted foods versus just raw foods because they're living foods. I always tell people, you ever look at like a little Little kid, and they run and they will like do some radical thing, like fall down five stairs, tumble, get all bruised up, and then they'll like cry for a minute, they'll brush it off, they'll just keep running. And then two days later, their bruises, everything goes away. If a 75 year old, 85, 95 year old person falls down a flight of stairs, it takes a lot more time to heal from those things and recover from them because of enzymes. And when you look at everything in life, in nature, everywhere around you, the little tiny sproutlings and things have more enzymes nutrition in them they're the superheroes they're the the superheroes absolutely they are the
1: superheroes of the food world and they are so easy to make they're so easy to make you know and most things sprout within 24 to 48 hours you know some things sprout in less time you know so and i mean again you know because so many of our nuts are pasteurized and those kind of things you know there's lots of nuts that actually don't physically sprout a tail mm. so you can activate them so I love that you know that whole activated such and such is around but people don't really a lot of people don't understand what that means yeah. you know it doesn't physically have a tail but it's still you know the full nutrient potential has been activated yeah you release the you remove huge. the enzyme inhibitor huge. and start to activate it absolutely huge, huge huge
0: um I could talk with you for literally hours but we are going to wrap this up can you tell us about your new book a little bit <laughs>
1: yeah so my first book The Blender Girl came out last year Um, I signed a multi-book deal with Random House um, a couple of years ago and um, to the first book The Blender Girl came out last year and that's available everywhere books are sold and online and it's you know been a really crazy amazing ride with that and then um i was very very fortunate that random house um chose me to be the big digital project for last year so we created the blender girl smoothies
0: app yeah i saw that for iphone amazing. and
1: ipad yeah i'm so proud of that it, it, it took daily meeting every day for months and <laughs> months nine months but it was so worth it we really feel like we've come up with something that's pretty extraordinary because again it's about intention so got this great search feature where you can search for what you feel need and crave you punch it in and it spits out five or six smoothies that will be applicable you can also search by dietary restriction by ingredient i've got pineapples what what can i make whatever but i feel like that's really interesting and people have really responded so i got nominated for was one of three finalists for best nonfiction app of the year last year wow. so because it was so popular um you know, Random House and Tensby just said, look, we've got all the assets. Let's make a book, you know, because we we didn't make it for Android. We still may make it for Android devices, but we were just inundated with emails from people saying, where is the Android app? And I felt so terrible about that. So um, we decided to create a book and we still may do an Android app. Fingers crossed. I really hope that we do. Um, but we created a, a book of the app. So the Blender Girl Smoothies book uh, came out last week. So I just has a hundred smoothies. They're all gluten-free. They're all vegan. Um, Many, most of them are paleo-friendly as well. Uh, But at the end of the day, this book is, to me, is a celebration of fruits and vegetables and how a smoothie can help you, you know, get your daily dose or half of your daily dose or some of your daily dose in a really fun, interesting way. And so for me, they're very interesting smoothies. You know, I, I did... I did put some very, very simple smoothies in the book so that I ran the gamut. It was going to be approachable for everybody, but there's also very, very interesting combinations. So like I said before, I just wanted to inspire people to think outside the box with smoothies, you know, and take them beyond, um, you know, fruits and ice and, You know, really boost them with superfoods, leafy greens, um, nuts, seeds, uh, herbs, spices, those kind of things to make very dimensional drinks that take you on a flavor journey, much like a textured dish. Like I want them to be interesting. I want them to hit me on the front and expand across the palate and have a lovely back end surprise or something. So they're (laughs) the kind of smoothies that interest me and savory smoothies as well, which really expands our repertoire of cold soups. They're gazbachos essentially. So for me um, it's exciting you know that these recipes are out there and it's really sort of starting to change the way people think about smoothies so it's exciting to me I mean nobody wants to co-check their teeth at the door so much of the enjoyment of food is about the texture you know I like to pick up my knife and fork just like everybody else but I do think that um, you know having a smoothie a day is a really great way to to infuse yourself with live enzymes with you know um, digestive potential and and lots of nutrients
0: yeah absolutely that is awesome and Anybody who's interested, please look up Test Masters and her books, and check out her app. Um, you know, for everybody who's listening, I very, very much so encourage um, reading her books and also taking your baby steps. Um, yes, baby and also steps, reaching out, out, out
1: to reaching out to us with questions. You know, I I, I love interacting with people. You know, I'm at theblendergirl.com, the blender Girl everywhere on social media, and I respond to every tweet, every Facebook page, every, every, every email. So it might take me a few weeks, but, um, you know, I love hearing what people are making and and listening to other people's stories and, you know, so feel free to, to reach out to me.
0: Absolutely. And, um, we wish you guys the best of luck out there who's listening to this and we hope you enjoyed our conversation and hopefully you can add some of these ideas to your life. Like we were saying, taking those little baby strides and, um, letting yourself kind of evolve into finding a better and more healthy version of your body Yeah, and find
1: your perfect blend and exactly figure out what works for you and eat more fruits and vegetables. That's the message. I, I closed my first book with that. It said, having said all that, the moral of the story is eat your greens. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? It's very simple, you know, just eat, eat beautiful whole foods. Yeah. I had a, have fun with it. Uh,
0: a couple of years ago, I did a teacher training out in North Carolina and, um, this gal that I've become very good friends with who was doing the teacher training, she was saying, "Oh, well, I don't think I could ever be 100% plant-based. And I said, that's fine. What are you eating now? And it was not a very good diet at all. <laughs> and I said, well, let's just eat some more fruits and vegetables, and let's eat some more whole foods, and let's check back in a year and see where you stand. And now it's been a couple years, and now she's 100% plant-based, but she needed yeah. the baby steps to make absolutely, that stride.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and I mean, it is that thing of try before you buy yeah you know it's exactly like that with anything in life you know try some different things see how you feel see what works for you what doesn't work for you you know but there's no question that, that fruits and vegetables are yeah. good for us
0: eat more fruits and vegetables find your perfect blend thank you guys so much thank you Tess for <laughs> thank being here you. all right you guys thank you for listening to another episode of salty thoughts namaste